Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Into the Comics Cave with your host, comic book heartthrob, Grant Stoy. Hello, uh, fellow humans, it's Grant again. I'm bad at openings as per usual, but I am excited to talk to our guest today. Uh, she is prose, comics, body limericks. Uh, we have <laughs> Elise Russell. Hello, Elise, how are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so you are down south currently, which uh, I'm pretty jealous of right now, weather-wise at least. It's very nice. No snow. It's warm enough to go out with just a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, thank you for not expounding beyond that. It's like, oh no, today we were walking through the wildflowers and it was wonderful. I caught a lizard. Did you really? Yeah, I did. What'd you do with it? Um, I pet it, and then I put it back down. It was a skink. <laughs> that is really fun. Yup. Yup, and I rode horses and took care of horses and lots of horses. Lots of horses. Um, so, Elise, I want to know, where did you grow up? Um, Michigan. Whereabouts? I was born in Grand Rapids. Okay. And yeah, pretty much lived in Michigan my whole life. That is super cool. It I is? I also was a Michigan person almost my entire life. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, and I spent a lot of years in Grand Rapids, so I'm very invested in this conversation right now. <laughs> Beer City, USA is what they yeah, call it now. Like- where so you were you grew up there in Grand Rapids like the whole time? Um, kind of in like just the areas around it, but it, okay. it was always central to wherever I lived. Yeah. And how many uh, people were in your family? Um, I'm an only child. Well, isn't that nice? No, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in a neighborhood full of old people. <laughs> like I was just always playing by myself and reading and uh writing <laughs> well to be fair grand rapids is primarily i think old dutch people so that that's holland <laughs> but yeah we, we live near there yeah <laughs> like, what type of uh books were you into as a kid <sighs> fantasy mostly i read everything i could get my hands on though i read the chronicles of narnia several times um i loved horse books <laughs> <laughs> and um scary stories and i read a, a lot 
Were you a Goosebumps kid? Actually, surprisingly, no. Huh. I have never read a Goosebumps. Nor have I seen the show. <laughs> well, then, I think uh, we've had a nice chat, but it's time to go. Um... I mean, I could <laughs> fix it. We could start, like, a Goosebumps book club. <laughs> <laughs> Goosebumps grown-ups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were you the kid that, that would read scary stories? Yeah, I read whatever I could. Huh. Yeah, I was. I spent um, a lot of lunches in the library. <laughs> I was a nerd. <laughs> and did you have those uh, like Michigan-centric uh, spooky stories books? No, no, oh, okay. I never read the the. I never went to the local authors section of the bookstore. I always just um, I went to the fantasy section and found what looked good and went from there. When did you, like you said, you were writing as a kid too. What did you try your hand at first off? What did I, I'm sorry, what? Oh, what did you try your hand at first off? Um, epic ballad poems. <laughs> so they would rhyme and they would go on for 10 or more pages and they That's were like fantasy stories in rhyme. So it would be about a ship that got attacked by a sea creature or a battle or a haunted house or whatever. And um, yeah, they're they're locked away in a suitcase and that's where they're gonna stay. <laughs> when you were a kid, did you know about like epic poetry like Beowulf and stuff like that? Yes, I did. So, yes. <laughs> Cause oh my gosh, you are just like a modern uh, like Scandinavian Poet child. <laughs> I guess they weren't good. <laughs> Still, that's really cool though to have that kind of uh, like thought process as a kid. I mean, I was ten to twelve when I started doing that. I guess maybe Still. a little younger. <laughs> yeah, before that, I tried to write a book, and it was about some girl that rode a white dragon and that's all i remember about it i still have it somewhere <laughs> is that along in the trunk along with the epic uh poetry i have a literal old like antique suitcase that has all of my craptastic writing from when i was a kid <laughs> what were your favorite fantasy stories when you were younger there was this book called the sight and it was from the point of view of a wolf and i loved stories with wolves jack london all of that so I liked that series. I liked before that even there was there were unicorn books that I liked a lot. The Unicorns of Bellinor. Gosh, it's hard to remember them all. I read Harry Potter. Can't remember anything else. Did you read fantasy as a kid? When I was a kid, it was pretty much comic books or bust. I wish I, I would have had like <laughs> the willpower to go through an actual like novel. I didn't get into comics and graphic novels until I was a mom, actually. Really? I mean, I had a couple of like, <clears throat> a couple of um, like Scooby-Doo and Donald Duck comics or something as a kid, mm -hmm. but didn't really read them a lot. And my, my parents don't like comics. So I just didn't, <laughs> didn't see them a lot. And I didn't like, like I said, I didn't really play with a lot of other kids. Right. <laughs> so. 
Yeah. So uh, it wasn't until I had a kid and I ran across Red Sonia, and that did it. <laughs> Which run in particular was it? The the Gail Simone run. Gail Simone and Walter mm -hmm. Giovanni. Yeah. Yeah. Hardcore fan. Like once you hit that stuff, did you start backtracking on the character, trying to find older runs or anything? No, I just started picking up any graphic novel that looked interesting to me. I'm not a superhero kind of girl, so I can't. I never really can can jump in on that aspect of the fandom where everyone's talking about all these different mm -hmm. superhero comics. Um, I like Deadpool. That's about it. If it's creepy or fantasy. Um, I love monstrous witches. Saga is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I, I like more of the graphic novels than I guess the floppies. <laughs> no, yeah, that totally makes sense. I'm mm -hmm. just curious about like as you grew older, what were your preferred like study topics in in school? <laughs> that was a really weird, weird way to put that. Study topics. <laughs> I mean, I actually do like I like. I like research. Um, I majored in English literature in okay. college. And um, yeah, so literature always, um, any literary analysis, I'm going to be all over it. My favorite books now are the A Song of Ice and Fire books. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the books. I'm yep. be very clear about that. <laughs> <laughs> the one where it ends with Jon Snow getting stabbed, and that's where we're just waiting still. Yeah, we're just waiting, and we will never get. I mean, I think we'll probably get Winds of Winter, but I don't think we'll get a Dream of Spring. Man, that's kind of depressing to think that there's a chance he might pass away before he finishes. I think he's the type of author that would burn all his notes, too, rather than let someone else finish it. You think so? I think so, yeah. It's his baby. He doesn't want someone else to mess it up. <laughs> Do you feel know, that way? My... No. No. <laughs> if I croaked in the middle of a series, I would have outlines for people. Like, I, I outline books ahead of time. Mm. So there would be something there, and I would not care if someone else finish the story for people. So you talk about outlining books. As you aged, were you all about like finishing a novel or novels? I finished my first novel when I was 16. Holy um, And the second one when I was 18. And they're bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And then I got into poetry for quite a while in college. And then I stopped writing for a little while, um, just life, kids, and then picked it up about a little over a year ago. And now I'm here talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of yeah. crazy. How did, did so the, the bug, once you just found the Red Sonia, it just kind of infiltrated you into writing comics? Or did you think everything yes. about writing comics? I had never thought about writing comics. I knew nothing about it. I'd, I mean, I'd always wanted to be a published author, but I'd never, I hadn't pursued it since adulthood. I tried to get published when I was a teenager, but I just always wanted to, to do that. And something about that medium just clicked for me. 
and made me want to try it. So yeah, if I hadn't read read Sonia, I don't think I would be writing comics now. So oh, thank you, Gail Simone and Walter Giovanni. <laughs> <laughs> now what's your process like when you're when you're getting ready to write a story? Because you said outlining. Are you the type of person that does an outline and go right to cranking out the pages? Or do you, do you like start breaking it down even more? I do chapter by chapter bullet points. And um, then I fill in as I go along. Um, but I already know everything that's going to happen usually. Um, I keep a notebook with me and most of my ideas hit me when I'm driving. So I'll like, <laughs> once I get to stop, I like jot something down. <laughs> um, or they hit me in the middle of the night as I'm trying to go to sleep. So I have a notebook on my nightstand too. And I don't even turn my light on. I just reach over and I like scribble it. And then I have to decipher it in the morning and it's all over the page. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've woken up to in your notebook? This is going to sound like... I just wrote skins <laughs> and it's talking about how I thought about <laughs> how I thought about how my my um Kyra in sentience how the android I could make I could have them have wear synthetic skins to look like people but I just had that idea of <laughs> I just wrote skins <laughs> no what would your partner have done if they woke up <laughs> before you? Uh, he doesn't just... see it. He doesn't care. <laughs> Scans. I think once he um, picked up one of my sketchbooks and just flipped it open randomly, and I had done like a little storyboard thing of this comic short that I wrote about a boo hag, <laughs> like a lady that can peel her skin off again with the skin. Always with the skin. <laughs> he just looked at it and he's like, I don't think I'm ever going to touch your notebooks again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He leaves my stuff alone. So when, when, when people are peeling off your, off their skin, uh, do you prefer like the banana method? where it just all comes out from the crown and oh, down? Yeah. They usually they have the, the nails and they dig them into their scalp and then uh -huh. shred from there. Oh, like a straight up shredding. Like there's no guided seams. There are on the androids. They're sewn into their skins so they can find the seam and pull from there. Skins. Skins. Uh, speaking of creepy things, uh, do you, <laughs> <laughs> when you're creating, do you listen to Stone Cold Silence like a weirdo? Or do you have something playing in the background? Um, it depends. Um, sometimes I have to have it quiet and sometimes I have just like instrumental music. I can't focus if there's lyrics unless it's in another language and it's really quiet. But I have lots of creepy instrumental playlists that I <laughs> listen to while I'm writing. Yeah. So you're just surrounding yourself with creepy stuff uh what you're reading what you're listening to your creepy self notes in the middle of the night yeah yeah i mean it's not always creepy sometimes i'm writing about just you know dragons dragons aren't creepy per se <laughs> right Dra dragon <laughs> dragons that are they're large and fire breathing and can eat people that's not creepy that's like Badass. 
<laughs> if you were a dragon, what color would you be? Gee, I don't know. I've never thought about that. Probably like a light champagne color, like my car. That's kind of a cool answer. Like when <laughs> yeah. you when you when you think when your imagination a little metallic. Cranking, yeah, when your imagination is cranking up dragon stuff, do you? So do you think of? Do you, okay, we're just adults talking about pretend right now. But when you're in the throes of imagination. Are you like friends with the dragon or are you the dragon? Both. You have to write it from, I mean, the only, the, the only dragon story I've written as an adult, the dragon can speak. Okay. So I had to think of it from her point of view and then from the human's point of view. That's for Grey Mother Mountain, which is from Water Dragon Publishing and it's a novelette. And uh, where's that currently available? BTW. Um, if you go to waterdragonpublishing.com, there's a link and then it's on Amazon, it's on Barnes and Noble, all of it. So it's in it's in print. All right. Um volume. <laughs> Quick read. And just lots least... of you know, burning. <laughs> Are you strictly like a fire dragon person or do you allow them the uh like f cold breath and all the various other. Um, I actually, she she spits. Um, the males spit like an acidic type of liquid, and then the females spit something that's kind of flammable. So she spits the flammable stuff, and then the witch on her back lights it on fire. That is super cool. I so love. It takes both of them working together to destroy the city. I like when dragon uh, myth has like the uh, inner functions of how things work. Uh, have you ever seen the Rankin Bass film Flight of Dragons? No. Should I add it to my list? Yes, very much so. Oh, oh man. It's got uh, James Earl Jones is the voice of the bad oh. wizard in that movie. I love James Earl Jones. This is such, oh my goodness. I think you will like this movie very much. Uh, this is a huge digression, but it's a Rankin Bass, Flight of Dragons, Holy Smokes. Okay, you'll have to message it to me so that I, because I will forget that. <laughs> and I don't have a notebook by me for once, so. <laughs> I'm glad you're not having any ideas about different skins again. Well, no, not when I'm like talking to people. <laughs> you have my undivided attention right now. <laughs> I just love that so much that you woke up and there are skins next to you. <laughs> it takes me a second. I'm all groggy looking at it like, <laughs> the fuck was I talking about skins for? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and it's cool the way you're able to see the word and remember the thought process behind it. I feel like a lot of people would just write down the word and be like, I have no idea what, what this means. Yeah. Well, that's because I... I force myself to. I'm thinking. I'm like. I know I'm going to sleep, and I have this cool idea. So I have to think of this word that will make me remember. And I'm going to say it over and over and over. <laughs> skin, 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 skin. <laughs> so I write it down, and then I've got it. Like it stands out in my memory more. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Hello there. My name is Don Cardenas, and I'm here to invite you to check out my podcast, 
the 2021 Grantee Award-winning Comics Coffee Medal, where I interview creatives in, around, and about the worlds of, you guessed it, Comics Coffee and Metal. I've already had such amazing guests on my show, including, but not limited to, Liana Kangas, Mike Norton, John O'Diener, Michael Conrad, Sophie Campbell, Guitar Max Carlisle, Andrew Baina, and of course, the word bros themselves, Bob and Kevin. Comics Coffee Metal is available on all the major podcast services, and you can find it directly at comicscoffeemetal.com. I hope to see you there, and now I return you to Into the Comics Cave with the amazing, awesome, talented, um, tall, handsome, uh, what else did I say? Definitely over six feet tall, smells good like lavender and motorcycle grease. Is that right? Motorcycle grease? Alright. Grant Stoy. There, I said it. Get my money now. I have a question for you. Okay. Are you familiar with the small blue people called Smurfs? Well, yeah. What do you think they taste like? Blue slushies? You know, that explains why Gargamel wants to eat them so badly. Could you eat a Smurf if, if it was presented to you? I wouldn't eat anything that could talk. Mm. Yeah. Nothing that could talk. <laughs> the thought process currently in my brain is, what else talks? Would you eat a parrot? I don't think people eat parrots. Dolphins have a language. I would not eat a dolphin. No, oh, why would you want to eat a dolphin? Although apparently no. I've heard alternatingly they're either like, the jesters of the seas or their enormous assholes. Right, right. Like they'll either save you or try to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just like people, you know, there's some really good ones and then there's some assholes. <laughs> so Elise, we've, we've passed the weird stuff. We've passed the growing up stuff. This means we are entering into the final five questions that we ask every guest. They're based off of the five questions that James Lipton asked in Inside the Actor's Studio. Familiar with that show? No. Oh, that's fine. He's a weird guy, uh, and he's, he's gone now, so it's not imperative. Okay. <laughs> so number one, what is your favorite sequential arts sound effect? Oh. Squelch. What? <laughs> just squelch. <laughs> you know, it makes me think of that. <laughs> I like that kind of sound effect. Now, can you give a scenario? Someone stepping into mud. Okay, it, I thought you say someone stepping onto a Smurf, so I like that better. Or a Smurf, but that would be more of a kind of sound i would imagine right like wouldn't they squeak if you stepped on them <laughs> or they too <laughs> maybe both smurfs <laughs> didn't ask for all these hypotheticals um either sex with dolphins or getting stepped on and farting what is this this is not flattering <laughs> papa smurf didn't populate an entire town just to have them all Making love with dolphins and getting squashed by humans. Right. Uh, so number two, 
what is something, and I think this is going to be cool because you're, you're new to this, what is something that you love about sequential art? Oh, goodness. Um, so I am an English major and symbolism is big for me. So I love that you can see the colors and the outfits and a lot can be conveyed that you wouldn't get in prose. It's just the, you, the, the emotion that can come across through sequential art paired with the, the writing is very unique. Oh yeah, absolutely. And on I think the it other has side... the, a greater emotional impact simply yeah, because but... of colors. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of the coin, what is something that you dislike about sequential art? Dislike? Uh, I mean, there's art styles I don't like, but <laughs> in and of itself, I think sequential art is amazing. As far as writing for it, just trying to figure out how to fit things on a page when I have a limited page space is, is tough. But yeah, I don't, I don't think there's, a, I don't have, I don't have any, I love art and artists so much that I can't think of anything negative to say about them legitimately. That's great. This is the first like positive spin this answer has gotten in like 23 episodes. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> What are some things that people don't like about sequential art? That it takes so long to make. Uh, the reception isn't always like great from from fans or readers. Uh, shove it. <laughs> if they don't like it, they can read something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah, Whatever. and uh, there was. Um, I don't want to dwell too much on all the bad answers, but yeah. Like the payment scale for people is not always fun. Oh. And yeah. It's okay. I thought you meant like the art itself and that visual storytelling. Oh no, it could be anything. As a method. No, anything about a lot. Yeah, I think I don't think artists are paid enough. No. Yeah, that's definitely true. Most of them anyway. But also, I just like that you gave a, a nice happy answer for that. So we're gonna stick with that one. I love art. <laughs> <laughs> number four um and this is always fun to ask parents what is your favorite swear word that is not a swear word the first one that came to mind isn't very nice <laughs> it's twat <laughs> For some reason, okay, and the reason is because I watched this YouTube video of this parrot that swore all the time. <laughs> he was an African gray or something, and at one point he's just kind of sitting all grumpy in his cage, and someone walks by and he goes, twat. <laughs> I don't know why, but just something about it. It's just so relatable. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I'll give it to you. Okay. <laughs> and number number five, uh, I have some bad news. You were swimming in the ocean. I can't Just, swim. I'm dead. You were knee deep in the ocean. 
Okay. <laughs> and this pot of dolphins, uh, they all had matching tattoos. Uh, one of them had a scar over its eye. And they jumped in, like, up to you, and they just pushed you down face first. These dolphins, these assholes, they murdered you. Now you're dead. Okay. So, you go to what we perceive as heaven. Okay. When you're walking up to the pearly gates, you see a small man. And he's at a drafting board. He's wearing a tank top. He's smoking a cigar. And it's the godfather of American comics. It's Jack Kirby. What? <laughs> this lunatic scenario. What okay. do you hope <laughs> that he says to you? <laughs> If you we say quad again, cheese. I'm going to be very upset. We have cheese. <laughs> Cookies. Come on in. I don't know. There's a library around the corner. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just enamored with we have cheese and cookies. Don't worry. I know you're freaking out right now, but there's cheese in there. <laughs> so you can calm down. <laughs> you're going to be okay. <laughs> You've made it. We have cheese and cookies. You don't have to eat them at the same time, but trust me, in heaven, it's a thing. Heaven cheese? I, I would eat heaven's cheese. I don't know where it would come from, but... Holy cows. I don't know. Goats. Sorry, you just made a pun like Dead worthy goats. of Matt Ligetti, the comic book Yeti. Holy cows. Holy cows, yeah. I was quiet about it, but yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me. Where can folks find you on the socials? Um, Twitter is the best place to find me. And it's, um, I'm the brave little teapot. So Elise Russell 13. And I'm nice. I'll talk to you. <laughs> and if uh, this is this will be dropping on the 11th. And what's cool about April 11th? April oh, 11th. Is it? Yeah. That is when sentience goes to crowdfunding with band guards on Zoop, and it's my first campaign, and I am excited and nervous, and um. I can't wait. It's coming up so fast. Yeah, it is quite fast. At, the, at this recording, there's only like, what, two weeks? A little under two weeks? I don't know. Math, but yeah. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about sentience? Um, so, gee, uh, just general. Sentience is about a clockwork android named Kyra and her creator, mother sorceress. And she has always obeyed everything that mother has laid out for her. And in sentience, she's starting to learn what is wrong with mother and how she's been wrong. It's about waking up and, um, forming your own moral compass apart from what you were raised with. That's a really good sell. 
things. <laughs> yeah, there's there's um there's there's lots of creepy monsters, and um, I am designing all of the fashion for it. Oh, that's really cool. So yeah, and then so I I draw all the the outfits and I send them to Danny Rivera, the artist, and I say this but good. <laughs> oh so, yeah, so it should be a a fashion feast for people. And who else is, At the uh, very least, this is gonna look really good. <laughs> <laughs> and who else is helping put the put the book together? So um, the editors are Damon Barrett Rowe and Nicole DeAndrea. So oh, she's Damon, great. Yeah, yeah. So the first pass through will be done by Damon Barrett Rowe, and she's got a lot of prose experience. She's an editor for Quill and Crow um, Publishing, and then Nicole DeAndrea will do the next pass through once we've got all of the art and everything in place, and to to make sure it's all as a whole cohesive and good. <laughs> All right on. So thank you again so much. And if uh, people want to give you money, we'll have a link to Sentient Zoop site. And yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been a Comic Book Yeti production. You can find new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts stream. For more information on the Comic Book Yeti, please visit comicbookyeti.com. And for more of Grant, visit grantstoy.com or on Twitter at Grant and Stuff. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now